Welcome. You're listening to Janesville Mobilizing for Changes Together for Change podcast, your source for local substance abuse prevention matters in Janesville and Rock County. Here's your host, Jane Goldberg. everyone. We are back with another episode of the Together for Change podcast. This month's guest is Jenny Hallett, and I'm very excited to have Jenny here today. Jenny is a parent, a grandparent, a realtor. She's also a board member of JM4C and a strong advocate of alcohol policy and awareness, and also a member of Governor Evers' SCAOTA Prevention Committee. And SCAOTA stands for the State Council on Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse So, welcome, Jenny. Great to have you. Thank you. I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you. Good. So, my first question is, I know you have a very powerful story. So, can you explain why did you get involved in coalition work and why is it so important to you? Yes, definitely. It's because I never thought in a million years that this would happen to my kid. And so, truly, the instant that the coroner walked away with my sweet Brittany Rose. I was just ready to scream from the mountaintops to warn everyone about this very common brain disease that most people deny even exists. I actually immediately knew right that on that spot that I would spend the rest of my life trying to save others in honor of my sweet Brittany Rose. And actually, yesterday would have been her 34th birthday. So uh, she died almost eight years ago on November 5th, 2014. Okay. So people don't think that it can happen to them or to their loved one, and that's because no one ever really talks about it. I've had many people that I know come up to me privately after my daughter died to tell me of their loved ones that are really struggling with alcohol addiction. It's far more common than people think, mm-hmm. and I want people to know that. Right. And since most people don't really understand that alcohol addiction is a true brain disease, they then believe the lies that say that people can always, you know, just stop drinking whenever they want to. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, those people are the most vulnerable of all because they think that they can stop whenever they want. Mm -hmm. Very true. Always. Mm -hmm. So people need to understand also that there's a difference between alcohol abuse and alcohol addiction, but both can be just as deadly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people might abuse alcohol by drinking because of habits or because of triggering events, things like that. But, you know, they might be able to finally decide, I just need to stop drinking and be able to do that. So some people can do that. Mm-hmm. But if they've crossed over into what's true addiction, then their their disease can actually show up in a PET scan image. Um which wouldn't be possible if this was just a choice anymore to just stop drinking at that point. So the power of addiction can be stronger than even self-preservation. And I've witnessed that up close and personal with my daughter, and I would not wish that on my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. My daughter used to cry in her room every night, and I truly believe that she knew that she was probably going to end up dying from this. But she still just could not stop drinking anyway. So, you know, whether someone drinks because of alcohol abuse or addiction, drinking large amounts of alcohol and drinking frequently 
can cause so many medical problems and medical conditions, and many of those most people have never even heard of. You know, things like cancers, uh, pancreatitis, which my daughter had, mm-hmm. cirrhosis of the liver, something called esophageal varices, which my daughter had, um, permanent memory loss, which also my daughter was going through a lot of that. You know, the list just goes on and on. And so I really want to warn people about this so that they, you know, hopefully will take this seriously. And I'm trying to save lives, you know, in honor of my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I want to educate, you know, parents, legislators, law enforcement, and the general public so that we can end the negative stigma that's surrounding alcoholism and addiction. Because stigma actually deters people, you know, from seeking help. It deters, you know, many medical personnel from really helping. I've, I've had that happen to my daughter and even myself as far as being treated like very low class mm-hmm. in the emergency room sometimes. Okay. It deters, you know, many uh, family members from supporting them. And that stigma also can deter, you know, some law enforcement from, from helping people when maybe they could help them. But I do believe that if they all really understood that this is a true brain disease, then they'd be more likely to be able to, you know, help people that are still suffering like my daughter did. And most importantly, if people could really understand all of this from the beginning, it might actually help prevent many people from crossing over into alcohol addiction, you know, in the first place. Right. Absolutely. This is such a powerful story. I have goosebumps and I'm so sorry for your loss, but... You're taking that loss and you're turning into action. You're really doing a lot. So thank you. That's great. Thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) All right. So as you and I both know, addiction does not discriminate. So how can we as a coalition reach those parents that say, oh, that would never happen to my kid? Yeah. Well, trust me on this. Being naive won't protect your kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, if this can happen to my daughter, it could happen to anyone's. Mm -hmm. Brittany was actually a a straight-A student her entire life, and that was on her. She wanted to, you know, do well in school. Um, She was from a loving home. Uh, She was very extremely family-oriented. She was always the one that was, you know, trying to organize family events and gatherings to bring us all together. She loved to bake wonderful foods for all of us, even if she wasn't going to eat any of it herself. She just really enjoyed doing that for all of us. Mm-hmm. I really miss her awesome strawberry pies that she made for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she frequently told me that she loved me, and she said that she would, she would die for me. And I just kept telling her that I didn't want her to die for me. I wanted her to live for me. Mm-hmm. She was very much in love with her boyfriend, they had kid names picked out and a wedding ring picked out. She was only 13 credits away from graduating with a bachelor degree in accounting with the University of Wisconsin. She had everything exciting ahead of her, and yet alcohol was able to grab a hold of her when she started drinking, just like, just like all her friends were in college. Mm-hmm. But it affected her very differently. And, you know, just as bee stings can affect some people in a deadly way. Well, most of us, you know, handle bee stings just fine. Well, alcohol can take someone down with a swift vengeance while not affecting the next person anywhere nearly the same way. Mm -hmm. 
their body just doesn't react to alcohol the same way as the rest of us. But it's very common, just the same. You know, 1 in 12 adults will have a drinking problem at some point in their lifetime. And statistically, that means that 1 in 12 people that you know will have an alcohol problem someday, if not already. And, you know, people are really good at hiding it. My daughter... You know, no one even knew she had a problem. Most of her friends didn't even have an idea she had a problem. Mm-hmm. So just because you think that you don't know anyone affected with this, you know, devastating disease, really think again, because people just don't talk about it because of the negative stigma. Mm-hmm. But it's out there all around you. I guarantee it just the same. Right. So I think having those conversations as young as uh, eight years old, I think, is what the state recommends. They have that campaign they developed a couple of years ago called Small Talks, and it encourages parents to talk to their children about alcohol and the dangers of alcohol, and then those parents can set expectations at home of what they expect their children So do you have any tips for parents or caregivers on how to talk or interact with their kids about issues like substance use? Well, my my big thing is to really honestly, you know, you need to teach your kids about the dangers of the legal drug of alcohol because alcohol is a drug. Mm -hmm. And you need to do this so that they won't want to take unnecessary risks. And you need to set an example. You know, you need to show them that they don't need to drink alcohol in order to be happy, you know, or to be able to cope with things or to fit in. And you need to make sure that your kids know that that they can actually come to you no matter what, and they can talk to you about things and let them know that you're going to be able to help them, you know, without judgment. Because, honestly, if your kid does come to you and talks to you about if they have a think they have a problem with alcohol. Most of what I'm saying today will apply to drug addiction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they need to know that they can talk to you and that you're not going to, you know, blow up at them and that sure. you're actually going to help them. Mm-hmm. Parents and kids need to understand also, this is just key, they need to understand that research has shown that because our brains are actually still developing until about the age of 25 years old, So the earlier the age that someone starts drinking alcohol can actually increase their likelihood of developing an alcohol problem later in life by up to like five times greater. So that's huge. And that really makes a difference on, you know, if they're drinking at at a young age. Mm -hmm. Parents should have casual conversations with their kids fairly often to talk about the dangers of alcohol and underage drinking. You can do that around the dinner table or, you know, anytime you're, you know, in the car riding somewhere. And you can actually find helpful information about this at Mm smalltalkswi.org. And most of the uh, resources that I'm going to mention today will actually be in the show notes uh, attached to this with links. Perfect. So if you ever think that your child might have an alcohol problem, got to tell you, since alcohol addiction is an actual progressive disease, you need to get them help as early as possible because it'll actually get harder and harder for them to stop as they drink more and more. Most people don't realize that it's a progressive brain disease. 
Yes, those are some excellent tips. Thank you for those. And I think, um, you know, alcohol is so ingrained in our culture here in Wisconsin that we can hardly go anywhere or do anything that doesn't involve alcohol. And being involved in prevention, it takes a community. It's not just schools or parents or law enforcement. Law enforcement that is responsible for stopping this. Um, what are some strategies that we can get everyone working together towards this goal? Do you have any of suggestions for that? Sure. You know, for the whole community and society as a whole, in my strong opinion, it's education, education, education. Because I really do believe that if most people could truly understand the true nature of this brain disease, then all aspects of our society would have more compassion for what these people are really suffering through. Mm -hmm. They'd be more likely to try to help them to get treatment. They'd be more supportive to them. And they'd be less likely to want to punish them for having this brain disease and more likely to help you know, guide them into recovery. And they'd be more likely to push past, you know, push to pass laws that, you know, would create desperately needed treatment and recovery resources so that the instant someone needs help, they get it on the spot right now, not a month or two from now, you know, when they can get an evaluation appointment or find an open bed in a residential treatment facility. You know, people actually die waiting for treatment all the time. I've talked to many people who've lost loved ones waiting to get in. 90% of people with addiction don't get the treatment that they need to survive. And watching your loved one dying before your very eyes and knowing that no one will give them the life-saving treatment that you know they need is one of the most agonizing cruelties that I'll ever experience in my lifetime. I know that my daughter was, was dying I knew it, but insurance wouldn't cover the long-term treatment that she needed to save her. So society would never treat her pa- heart patients and you know cancer patients and diabetes patients with the same disrespect and disregard for their lives as they do with people who suffer with alcohol addiction, you know, like my daughter did. Mm-hmm. So really, it all starts with each individual, and they need to do their research into this documented disease, and then they need to show compassion to everyone they meet who's suffering with this devastating disease. And really, the best way to get into recovery is to never actually cross over into addiction in the first place. And that all starts with prevention, all of this. Mm -hmm. And parents need to be proactive in getting educated about this disease. And, you know, that really doesn't care if the parents understand. You know, this disease doesn't care if you know that it's a disease or not. It'll take your children down with a vengeance either way, now or later, just the same. And society needs to promote more, you know, sober, recreational activities and stop glorifying the legal drug of alcohol. You know, alcohol is the only drug that people get made fun of when they don't want to consume it. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin's one of the worst states for alcohol problems, and it really breaks my heart. Yeah, definitely. This has been such a powerful discussion, and I just want to see if you have anything else that you would like to add. 
Yes, I um, have several resources here that I think I would like to, you know, just to let people know to go check out on the show notes. Mm -hmm. And there is a neuroscientist, Dr. Stephen Dewey, who does, this is the most powerful video that I've ever come across that really explains, number one, why addiction is a brain disease. And he talks about the effects of how different types of drugs and alcohol affect the different parts of the brain. It's really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you have to start about the six-and-a-half-minute mark on that. Okay. There's also a book called The Deepest Well by Dr. Nadine Burke Harris, and she talks about ACEs, which are adverse childhood experiences. And I'm not going to go into great detail, but uh, this can... These ACEs can actually predispose someone to addiction, cancer, heart disease, all kinds of things later in life. Mm -hmm. So people, this is the most powerful book I've ever read in my entire life, and everybody should read it, Mm -hmm. regardless of addiction. And really, the final comments, really, that I would like to say is that, you know, if you think that someone else has a drinking problem, then it's probably pretty likely that they do. Mm-hmm. So you need to please seek you know, professional guidance with a counselor or a doctor immediately. And the other resources that you can find on this on the show notes would be the Rock County Crisis Intervention Hotline, the Wisconsin Addiction Recovery Hotline, the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, Partnership to End Addiction, which is a great resource for loved ones, and Shatterproof. And I hope everyone stays safe and healthy out there. And I really want to thank you for having me here today. And I love you forever, Sweet Pea, Brittany Rose. Thank you, Jenny. This was a great discussion. I will link those resources to our show notes and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you.